Welcome to the Joe Watt Podcast. I am Joe Vendramini from the Range Cattle Research and Education Center. And today our guest is Mr. Marcos Shackelford. Mr. Marcos, thanks for being with us today. Certainly my pleasure, Joe. Uh, Mr. Marcos, can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Well, I'm, my family has been in Hardy County since about 1860. Uh, my great-great-grandfather, uh, William Smith, came down from the Lake City area and probably from Georgia prior to that and had some of the first cattle, had the first cattle east of Peace River. And they had the, were in the commercial cow business here in Florida. And most of my people have been either in citrus, cattle, or vegetables uh, in during that period of time. And Mr. Marcos, can you please tell us a little bit about your um, relationship with the Brahma breeder through the years? Yes, uh, after I got out of college, uh, we didn't have as much land. The land had been divided up, and we didn't have, in fact, in my family, didn't have any land except what we bought. And so we I knew I was going to have to specialize more than commercial cattle since I didn't have a lot of land. And I looked at all the breeds, and I got it down to two breeds, and that was the, the Charlay and the Brahma, the uh, Angus and the Hereford, the Shorthorn, most of the other what we call the British breeds, they just didn't do well down here because of the heat and the humidity. And so I finally narrowed it down to just the Brahman because I decided if I couldn't make it in purebreds that I would have to do something with them. And I knew how popular the crosses were, the, the Brayford and the Brangus that are derived from the Hereford and Brahman, the Angus and Brahman were, and I felt like I could crossbreed those cows and probably sell those offspring at a at a pretty good profit. And so that's the direction I went in 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 the early, probably around 1973. And so I got into the Brahma to the Brahma business and uh, made. No one in my family had ever been into the. Brahman business or any kind of purebred business, so I got to make all the mistakes, and uh, I I made every one of them and some of them twice, and uh, but uh, I had some good people that helped me early on. Slim Parton, who's gone now, as long as somebody else, uh, Max Hammonds, and some people like that. And just a lot of good people I had ran into over the years that, that helped us get started. Herman Bevel was a big help to me up at Bushnell, who was an old-time cattleman and an old cracker cowboy from up there and a farmer. And I started with some of his cattle. And then uh, over the years, we just kept trying it, till, trying to find something that would work. I got involved in the politics of ABBA and was a was a director. I've been a director for the American Brahma Breeders Association for 40 years now. I was president back of the American Brahma Breeders Association from 1987 to 1989 and was probably on their executive committee for about 20 years till I just got tired of getting on a plane and going to Texas. But uh, we've continued to grow and improve our cattle and improve our land. Uh, we've got a little over 200 acres now, plus we lease around uh, 
970 acres from um, uh, some some family members that we've just got our hands on in the last five, seven years, maybe. And so uh, we've been able to expand our program. And Mr. Marcos, in the, these last 40 years that you have been involved with the Burma breeder, breeders, uh, what were the changes that you saw on the cattle standpoint? Most of the change that we have seen in the Brahmin is from the size of the Brahmin. When I got into the Brahmin, uh, a lot of the bulls were probably 55, 56, maybe 58 inches tall. And, uh, and back in the 80s, uh, along with the Semitol coming in and some of the other exotic breeds came in, we got into a size race. And we got cattle up into the 60, 65, 68 inches. Uh, and seemed for a while all we were doing was just was just uh, framing them, just seeing how the tallest one won. And we got into that, and it was not a very good move for us. And we've got these cattle pretty big now. We've got a lot of these bulls that are a lot of these herd bulls now are weighing twenty eight hundred pounds, twenty six hundred pounds. And of course, for those of us down here in Florida who, although we love Florida, we know that this is not real strong country down here. It's uh, areas that we're in, a lot of it's sandy and it's not, it's not real productive. We go to other areas in the state where the, I meant to the nation that they don't even have to put out fertilizer, that their country's strong enough. And, and so, uh, it takes, a. Uh, the, the the great big cattle don't do real well down here. They uh, they you get them too big and they you just get a calf every other year out of them. And of course you can't last very long at that, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, also in a lot of these bulls, uh, they got. Uh, I came up through the University of Florida through the program up there in animal science and was on the judging team back in the uh, 66, 65, 66 with Don Wakeman. And he was a real stickler on feet and legs. And we, I noticed over the years that a lot of the judges that we've had didn't pay as much attention to the structure of some of these animals as we did. And uh, they got a lot of these cattle that couldn't walk as well and couldn't move as well. And when they turned them out, they, they couldn't cover near as many cattle, especially in the big areas that we have here in Florida. And, and Mr. Marcos, in your specific program, what are the things that you select in your herd that you think are quite important for, as you mentioned, for our country here in Florida and the things that we have here? The one thing that, that I think that we have to have down here in Florida is capacity in these cattle. Uh, we've got the one thing that we have got down here is we've got a longer growing season than anybody else in the country has and we can grow a lot of grass but it's not a lot of good grass mm -hmm. and we've got to have a cow that's got a lot of uh, springer rib a lot of depth of body and that can take in a lot of this uh, wet grass that we have down here especially right now and uh that can take in a volume of this grass. You get in places like West Texas to where you can get out there. And I've been out of those places and it looked like those cattle were 
didn't have anything to eat, but they were just as fat as they could be, and they'd have great big fat calves on them, but that grass is extremely dry out there, and it's extremely fertile, and it's uh, it the cattle do so well on it because there's just a lot to it, and we don't have that. We have a great volume of forage down here, but we don't have the quality to our forage mm-hmm. like they do in other places in the in the south. Yeah, and Mr. Marcos, with those changes in mind, so um, we have been talking about this, uh, we have better animals n- now in most of the breeds, and people are talking about reinventing the Brangus or the Brayford, and what are your thoughts about redoing or rebreeding this Angus and Brahman to, to, to make a, a fresh Angus or Brangus? I've seen... I've seen this done probably four to five times. About every 10 years, uh, somebody will come back on the scene, on the national scene, usually to some of our national or international shows, and they're looking for fresh Brahmin genetics. They're looking for cutting-edge Brahmin genetics, extremely good. I've seen them come in and give... for a cow that they want to flush and things like this. And they're going to create a new Brangus and new genetics using the very best Angus and the very best uh, uh, Brahmin. And But usually what they do is they come with the biggest Brahmin and they come with the biggest Angus. Uh, I didn't see it so much in the Brayford breed as I did with the Brayford cattle. We had a, a Dr. Thurston Dean, who was a sports medicine doctor who had Westmoreland Ranch. It was a family ranch of his, and he came in and bought some of the best uh, cutting-edge Brahma genetics that were winning at that time. And then he went to Miles City, Montana, and bought in a lot of the great big Lion Hereford uh cattle line one Hereford cattle and he was in it for a while and then he had a dispersal and I went out to the dispersal and was talking with him when it was over and I said Dr. Dean if you had it to do over what would you do and he said Marcus I would select a lot smaller cattle than I started he said we have a lot of these three-year-old F1 Brayford heifers that are weighing 1,800 and 2,000 pounds. And he says it's just, they're just too big because they have all of the big genetics plus they have the hybrid vigor. And when you cross them, he said the animals are just too big. And this is from his experience. And, and he, he wasn't slowed down by monetary or anything else. He could have had all that he wanted, but he felt like that he had just used two larger genetics when he started making his crosses. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Marcos, uh, would you like to mention to us something about your uh, relatively new experience with the Charolais here? Well, a couple of years ago, uh, we decided um, I had talked to Doyle Carlton Jr. when he was still alive, and they had some awfully good cattle here in Florida, and his family still does all of the divisions. And he was telling me that he had very good luck with some charlays from dr broussard over at keenansville and i happen to notice in the cattlemen that uh dr broussard who was uh getting uh, a little age he was up in his 90s and he was beginning to cut back on his herd and he offered some uh, 
some of his heifers for sale. And we went over there and kind of split some of his keeper heifers with him. And of course, uh, I have a man that who works for me, who's actually a cousin of mine, Greg Shackelford, who's been with me since he was 14. And I think he'll be 50 this year. Uh, and Greg's done all of our AI work. And we do a lot of AI with our Brahmas, all of our heifers we AI to try to keep our genetics fresh. And we're breeding, when I say fresh, I don't necessarily mean new. I'm still breeding cattle out of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Mm -hmm. The smaller, the more, not smaller, but the more moderate frame kind of cattle. And so we put Greg on these 15 Charlets that we bought, some bred Charlet heifers, and uh, uh, we're AIing to some moderate frame kind of Charlet cattle to have some. There's not a lot of... People don't realize, a lot of people don't, that there's not many Hereford, Angus, or Charlet cattle bred in the state of Florida. Most of these bulls that come into Florida come from other states. And we have a lot of Charlet cattle that come from the Dakotas, uh, from Montana, from Texas, and other areas. And, of course, they're a long way from home. And they're raised in a lot of different conditions. And most of them are raised to where, again, that country is a whole lot stronger than it is here. So we thought we would try a few of the Charlets that were raised here in Florida that the Dr. Bruce Sard heard was well over a hundred years old. His family had been in it for years. I, I think they actually probably had to swim the river to get in this country from Mexico years ago. And so we've, we've been very pleased with the Charlets that we've been able to raise out of those few. And we're using it as an alternate breed for people. Uh, Brahmas are usually a rotational kind of a breed that and, and they last so long, the bulls do that people don't always need them year after year like they do some other breeds. So we're using a few of the Charlet breeds to bulls to sell to some of our local commercial people. And Mr. Marcos, we are going to the end of our conversation here. Uh, would you like to mention any hobby that you have on your spare time? Actually, since I got into this business back in about 73, and at that time I... I've taught school over the years. I worked a couple of years for the Federal Land Bank. And of course, my parents had a grocery store here for 46 years. And when my father had heart surgery, I had to go back into the store. So I've always had to do the cattle on the side. So the cattle have been my hobby and my business. And, and most of the time, they consume about everything. I don't hunt or I don't fish or uh, do anything like that. It's, my wife said we don't go anywhere unless there's a cow on the other end. So, <laughs> and Mr. Marcos, I'd like to thank you very much for your time today. And I am Joe Vendramini. Joe what? <laughs>